This is Double, Double Strength. Strength Mama Power. It's the Stuff Podcast. You're just about to leave the house. Oh, now what was that one last thing you were going to pack? Oh, with all the tabs open in your head, it can be hard to remember which day it is or what you were doing. Even though we can't make up for the lack of sleep or lapse in concentration, we can reassure you of the care that goes into the development of our Anmumpedia Pro 3 toddler milk right here in New Zealand. And mum, you've got this. And I think that, that having children just reawakened that for me over and over, that when I would get caught up in the, you know, minute bits of responsibility, someone would come and smack you over the head with a soft toy and you'd be like, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's the business of motherhood in a nutshell, Tui. It sure is. Two writers and one of them a doctor to boot. They are certainly not mincing their words when it comes to describing the reality of being a parent. Mm-hmm. We've got Renee Liang and Michelle Powell's co-authors of When We Remember to Breathe with us today. Yeah, that is a book that's been described as laying bare the raw joy, beauty, discomfort and humour of modern motherhood. Phew. But I think this will be a reality check with lots of laughs, don't you think, Tui? Just what the doctor ordered, don't you think, Susie? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> this is Double Strength Mama Power. Kia ora koutou. Keep calm and carry on. It's what we all set out to do as parents, but boy, sometimes life can really get in the way. Writers Michelle Powles and Renee Liang made a pledge to each other that one way they could keep each other calm was to write to one another. Constantly, that is, about the myriad of things, big and small, that being a parent means. The result was a book that captures the wonder of what it is to be a modern mum. I spoke to them about what they wanted to say to other parents through writing this together. Wonderful. So, ladies, you've written a book on modern motherhood and remembering to breathe. Now, am I right in guessing that you have a friendship that's been developed over this book? That's a nice way of putting it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. It was so. So, Michelle and I didn't really know each other as people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to say that. Yeah. Um, but it's we, true, I guess. We, we knew each other's writing and we knew each other's reputations as writers. Um, and we also knew that we were mums, but it wasn't really until Michelle proposed writing to each other on a regular basis that our friendship really developed. And so actually what you see in its quite raw form in the pages of this book is, as well as some discussions on motherhood, a developing friendship between two mums and people. Wonderful. Mm. Michelle, why did you propose that, to write to each other? Well, I had just read a book of poetry by these two Canadian poets that had done a a similar thing that they had written to each other, and I had always wanted to write about the course of having children, you know, the the progression of it with my first, and life was just really busy. And I, so I basically proposed it as a cheerleading arrangement, really. And Renee immediately went, are you mental? (laughs) We're way too busy for that. And then, of course, said, yes, great idea. Actually, it's it's great because this, you know, you, you want a moment to stand still in mm. the craziness of your everyday life as a mum. And writing to each other actually provides you with that stillness mm. and that contemplation. And, and I think in, in a lot of ways that, that busyness of being a mum and all that, the demands of modern parenthood, those really prevent you from having time and 
in your head and and really in some ways really treasuring those moments of being a parent. Did writing in the way you did turn out to be very therapeutic? Well, I don't know. That's an interesting question because we there's obviously quite a few books around about parenting and they have this kind of confessional tone. And I think for us, rather than it being a therapeutic confessional thing, we were very conscious that there were already people in this space being funny about it and just kind of espousing and using it as a release. And so what we actually wanted to capture were the really beautiful moments and the joy and the things that we love but forget so quickly. Because mm, we, we're both writers, so what we do best is capture those moments in a encapsulated way and, and maybe in some ways you suspend those beautiful moments of parenting in a capsule. And it was for us. Mm. So, I mean, this book wasn't meant to be shared. It wasn't meant to be a book. Mm. It was really just a private letter-writing exercise between us. Memory-making exercise. Mm. Yeah, the memories that you've uh, encapsulated, though, they're not all beautiful. Are no, they? there's lots of <laughs> there's plenty of funny stuff, and there's lots of raw stuff, lots of issue stuff. And we both, Renee is a doctor, so we did end up, and my husband is a scientist. We ended up talking about quite a lot of science, and yeah, yeah all sorts all of bound things. up in there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it's all from. I mean, you can sort of see our personalities and obsessions come through in this <laughs> quite strongly. Sure. <laughs> Did you find out that you were close in your parenting styles, or are you dissimilar? Our lives are different because I'm the primary caregiver and Renee's husband is the primary caregiver. But I guess the the similarities are more in our attitudes to how we embrace our kids and how we allow ourselves space to be ourselves whilst still being mothers. It was just a sharing. And for me, it was that a fellow writer wanted to share that swap the beautiful moments and the and also the hard moments because they are, you know, they are raw, some of those moments. And they cover all the usual uh, journeys that parents have, which is, you know, lots of doubt, lots of guilt. Am I doing it right? Mm. Um, is there anybody like me? Mm. And what was so great was whenever, you know, I sent something to Michelle going, oh, God, I've never told anyone this. I haven't even told my husband, but this is how I feel right now. And she'd write back straight away going, oh, me too. And so it is, in some ways, this book is a, a reflection of what goes on all the times between mothers in their coffee groups or on online forums. There's a lot of mothers that are supporting each other in this way and, and dads as well. Often I message, Michelle and I actually message each other all the time now, just about random things. What colour shall I paint the white wall? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, don't Serious. go there. Do not go there. Do not go into home decoration. It's all point. Home renovation. So what happened with this white wall? What's going on? <laughs> well, if you ever, if you're, as many Kiwis are, they seem to be fans of these home renovation, you know, shows. And whenever you're watching one of those, someone inevitably gets pregnant, has a baby, breaks their arm, something horrific happens. So during the process of writing this book, I was building a house from scratch um, and was writing about it every day for news media. And then, um, so that was a beast in itself. But then at the end of the process, Renee was like, so who did you use as a builder? Yeah. So we were starting renovations, as you do, you know, mm -hmm. like get pregnant, decide to embark on a huge building project that seems to be par for the course in Kiwiland. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, so, so we, um, you know, basically um, 
Mike came hugely recommended from Michelle, and he is absolutely wonderful. <laughs> um, and the most hilarious thing was that um, our design, um, which uh, my my husband is a big fan of of um, neutral neutral wall color, mm-hmm. um, and I am absolutely not. Um, and I would go to Michelle's house and be completely jealous about her amazing home decor, decor which is so colorful and beautiful. But she'd come to my house and go, "Oh God, I love these." neutral walls <laughs> and wooden floors and, like wooden and we'd floors. just be like oh you know house swap yeah yeah <laughs> but, no, but I'm, be, Renee would be texting me in the middle of the night going oh I had to choose the shade of white aren't they all just white <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I'd have to bite my tongue having worked for a painting paint firm going no yeah. no they no, all Renee. look white to me I'm sorry <laughs> they're so not all right <laughs> yeah yeah that's we'll have to beg to we'll have to that's one of the things we disagree on. That's true. We did talk at one stage though about doing a, a home renovation play, which still may happen because Renee hates it so much. I think it'd be hilarious. It has to happen then, yeah. definitely. You talk about the great wonder and beauty that you're able to share with each other through your writing. Can you tell us more about that? Um, okay. I think I was really in the thick of it. I had a toddler at kindergarten and I had a new baby and I had a home renovation. I was house-sitting. My husband was in Germany. So I was in the dark, deep, messy stuff of it. And I was sitting in the car on a hot day when my child was supposed to be sleeping, picking up the other one, and I just looked out the window and there was this beautiful trees that had, you know, dappled light. It was just one of those picturesque-type moments. And my child came running out from kindergarten and I just thought, wow, he stopped immediately. I'd been stuck in this kind of, ugh. And he stopped immediately and was just transfixed by the leaves in the tree. And it just gave me this wonderful moment of pause to think that, look at where we live and look at how we live and, oh, we are so lucky. And I think that was a really wonderful, one of the wonderful things about having children is that they make you do that. They make you stop and take a breath and then just look and see what is actually around you. If we allow ourselves that space, so many of us are rushing, rushing, rushing. Actually, that is one of the the things that I have, the moments that I have with my children at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't really matter how busy my day has been. I come home and they realign me to the real world, which is that they're, they're living, they're growing, they're exploring. One of the things I wrote about it was about how we always appreciate the first time our babies and our children do something, but we never know when it's the last time Yeah, and they move on to the next phase. Sure. And that is, in some ways, it's, it's both lovely and both heartrending at the same time that we'll never know when is the last time that our child will do that one particular thing. Something that we captured in the book that I had started before this process, which led into this, was that kids just say the craziest, coolest Mm. stuff. And someone had suggested it to me, I'm not sure who, but just having a jar on the bench, which I have instigated. So whenever a little moment, like a little fragment comes up, and like a kid says something hilarious or amazing, and you can write it down, and then I put it in the jar. Because if you write it on a piece of paper, it inevitably gets lost. I now have this big jar of little things that they've said and captured, and I've, I feel really pleased that it's still sitting there to Lovely. go back to. Yeah. How do you think having children changed you? <laughs> we wrote um, a piece about that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. so so luckily um, it's terrible in my house because um, I, in my entire family um, we 
we're very immature and we love fart jokes um, and butt jokes. And so, like, basically in our house, it's it's usually me that starts off the kids and then we all cackle and then my husband's like, please shut up. And we just keep on going and we're just incredibly immature um, at bedtime. And it's just so much, it's so much fun. How about you? Have, they, well, have the kids changed you? Um, I don't know. I guess the thing that having children does give you is that it gives you a window to life in a different way. So the thing for me with having children is I was so busy that it gave me an opportunity to actually slow down and having children in the beginning anyway I discovered that time really slowed down and everyone was telling me that time was going to go so fast. And I'm like, no, you're liars. This is not true at all. So for me, it was an opportunity to really inspect things around me, which I guess is a big part of being a writer. You're you're often encouraged to be very observant. And I think that, that having children just reawakened that for me over and over, that when I would get caught up in the, you know, minute bits of responsibility, someone will come and smack you over the head with a soft toy and you'll be like, oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the real world. Yeah. 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 You know, at one point I had three kids and I was visiting a girlfriend and my middle child was screaming and I thought she was going to wake the whole neighbourhood. So I grabbed my eldest, I grabbed Mahalia, and Jude, my my friend, was holding Isaiah, and I was rushing up the driveway, I put the kids in the car, jumped in the car, and Cairo had to say to me, Mum, Isaiah. And I was like, oh, shit, that's right, I've got three kids now. So Jude was standing in the driveway, kind of looking at me like, are you weird? And yeah, sometimes you'd forget about one child. You know, you'd do a head count and you'd be like, where's that child? So, um, laughter and red wine was definitely key when my kids were younger. Oh, to have had the eyes that those two girls, Renee and Michelle, have to see and then write down all those wonderful things that they saw their children experience and do. Mm. Ah, to capture that imagination, the child's imagination is Mm. just priceless. Mm, It is. I think we all do have those eyes. It's just a matter of taking the time Mm. to see through them. You know, they talked about being busy and we're all so busy so much of the time. But actually, we can all afford to just stop and leave the pile of washing. And even, to be honest, you know, sometimes deadlines can be extended. So sometimes it's just taking that moment to stop. And I find also, um, if I want to get into the imaginative minds and worlds of my children, and, and you would be the same, Susie. It's about getting down onto the ground, like getting right down onto their level, literally, and you do see things differently. And it's allowing yourself to rid yourself of the armour, the shielding that so much of us, many of us adults wear, so that you can just be silly. You know, put the Mm. music on, dance around and be silly. And I read a a little piece uh, the other day that nobody's thinking about you as much as you think they are. On average, we speak 16,000 words a day and we think 60,000 words a day. So we are absolutely thinking about ourselves and judging ourselves much more than anyone else is. And that's why 
little reveal here, but in the mindful moment, um, I talk just a little, little bit about taming that inner critic. And that's what friends can help us do as well, is actually remind us and reassure us that you're doing a great job and you are enough. And that is the importance of, of friends, isn't it? Is that the mirrors, they can be mirrors for us. Yes, they might judge us from time to time, but they can also be mirrors to reflect back the wonderful job that we're doing. What I love is that parenting and motherhood has brought these two wonderful women together, Renee and Michelle, as friends. Mm, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And um, clearly they keep each other and have have for some time kept each other sane through mm. all of the ups and downs of motherhood and, and parenthood. Oh, friendship is such an important thing around and that time. so is keeping sane. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We've got a group of friends that we still keep in touch with, perhaps not as close now that our kids are much, much older and of various different schools, but we got together in a coffee group with Kresh. Mm-hmm. It was over UFOs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> unfinished objects. Okay. So arts and crafts and things like that, and we'd get together and we'd sit and we'd knit or or someone would do some stitching or somebody might do some mending or I would bring along a script that had needed to be finished. Our UFOs are still unfinished. Oh, that's awesome. But we, <laughs> and we didn't know each other prior, but we sat and we talked and we shared mm. and we supported each other and it was so wonderful. We didn't realise until... Our kids had headed off to school and we were still catching up for a coffee. Mm. How important it was that we had each other mm. at that time. Oh, absolutely. I can relate, not so much with a group, but I had and still have one very, very close, beautiful friend. Her name's Kylie. And we had our children started that journey at the same time. And so we would get together every single Thursday and we did that for the first three years of our children's life. And i tell you what kept us sane. It was my homemade date scones and a little glass of champagne. Oh, nice. <laughs> what are we doing on Thursday, girl? <laughs> the oven on. You're welcome. (laughs) We know there is loads of information out there on the internet, so that's why we've created Double Strength Mama Power, a one-stop podcast shop for you to get shareable intel on all things parenting. Proudly brought to you by Ann Mum Pedia Pro 3 Toddler Milk. Ann Mum, you've got this. With respect to friendship and support, our experience of modern motherhood is not so different to motherhood through the ages. We need support. We need our friends. These days, we can access our friends with the tap of a key on a device. We are connected 24-7. But connection through devices is just not the same as sharing and support that can be exchanged in person. Human beings are hardwired for connection. We have hearts that not just beat to keep us alive, but that house our emotions and require connection. Did you know that our heart produces energy that's 5,000 times stronger than our brain waves, and they radiate out up to 10 feet, and that the heart doesn't always listen to the head, but the head always obeys the heart. When we feel supported deeply in our hearts, then our head, our thoughts, get clearer. When we are loved, it tames the inner critic, that voice in our mind. That's what friendship does in parenthood. And in those times where you might not have seen a friend for a while, you can tap into their love simply by reflecting on it. Let's do that now, together. First, wherever you are, take a deep breath in through your nose. Pause. And then sigh the breath away. 
This might be the first mindful breath you've taken all day and your body subconsciously is preparing for some love. So let's take another to ease tension, to open up. Inhale. Pause. And then sigh the breath away. If you haven't already, close your eyes. Bring your attention to the point between your eyebrows, also known as the third eye centre. Focus your attention, slow your breath, and feel yourself relax. Now bring to mind someone in your life whom you consider your very best friend, or someone important to you who has supported you on your journey through parenthood. They might have been there for you the whole way through so far, or it might be someone who was there for you through a critical phase. Bring that person to mind now, visualising what they look like, their warmth, their energy. Feel the energy they bring. Feel it now in your body. Maybe it's a softness, a grace, maybe a strength, a certainty, a reassuring presence. Maybe it was a lightness, a levity that they brought to you or bring to you still. Feel the energy and allow your body now, in this moment, to respond to it. Maybe you too soften. Maybe you feel yourself strengthening, a centeredness come upon you. Maybe you feel lighter, more buoyant. Perhaps even a smile comes to your lips. Know that even when this person, this beautiful soul who has given the gift of their humanity to you in your time of need, even when they cannot be with you, know that you can visualise them, you can recreate their energy, and you can use it to refuel your heart and refuel your soul. This is the beauty of mindfulness. The head always obeys the heart. Feelings create thoughts which create action. So feel whatever you're feeling now and use it to create a positive affirmation that you can say to yourself right now, beginning with the words, I am. For example, I am loved. I am strong. Or I am happy. Say that intention to yourself in your mind three times now. Now allow your intention to fall into the depths of your mind. Bring back the visualisation of the face of that person you've been thinking of and say to them simply, thank you. Feel the gratitude in your heart, feel it in your body. Feel all the connection of this moment. It is yours, here for you, anytime, to support you on your journey through parenthood. There is always so much you can take away from your mindful moments beyond the, just the peacefulness of it, Tui. I'm taking away today the I am, and it's something that I use a lot, actually. Is it? Yeah. Tell me more. Well, 
first thing in the morning when I'm having my shower and the room is full of condensation and that cold shower window, I say I am, and I make a big swirly love heart, as I want to do, yeah. love hearts everywhere, a big swirly love heart, and it is I am love. Mm, mm. Yeah, and it's so important to use that phrase I am because you're not setting the intention for I will be one day when yeah. all the conditions are right. Yeah. You're saying I am now as if it's already happening and that way your heart, your body, and then your mind starts to believe it and embody it in the moment. So mm. that's great to hear that you do that every yeah. morning. Hey, well, next time, Tui, on Double Strength Mama Power, we're going to chat with a chap with a ginormous grin. Mm-hmm. See, he is smiles. <laughs> <laughs> Comedian Sam Smith is a trained dentist with quite a lot to say on keeping your small people healthy and filling free. I'm going to do my teeth before he comes. Mm, I might get a gold star. <laughs> I reckon those gnashes are pearly white. Well, I'm almost 40 and I still haven't had a filling. Oh, <gasps> You get a gold star from me too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this is from Seasonal Change. Winter is reaching its claws around the gold of autumn and doing its best to shake it from the trees. The boys adore this change. Falling leaves are fascinating and tasty. The increase in wind, too, provides a world view that's much better than any television. The boys laugh at it, smile their wide-eyed smiles and chuckle to themselves. I think they may be a million years old already. But it's not a foot, knee, thigh, hip concertina that controls my toddler's gait. His walk, just like his dancing, his eating, his laughing and his speaking, is a whole body affair. I watch him run into a room and point and speak and see his knees and nose tell the story just as much as his mouth. Laughing is awesome. He shimmers, I think, when he laughs. Through the eyes, from his teeth and from his feet, knees, elbows. It's contagious. I wonder if I sparkle just a bit from being around him all the time. This is from Walking Backwards, Walking Forwards. We could watch her wiggled bum gait for hours as she moved from room to room, gaining in speed and confidence. Even after she started running, she retained the same lolloping gait, augmented by bulky cloth nappies and, yes, I admit, rough old nappy covers. Even then, we knew how to breathe in those images, to hold them as long as we could and to feel the bubbles of joy. Likewise for the way she'd fix us with her dark eyes, pausing to consider whether, this time, she'd crack a smile. As those images walk backwards into time, new images leap in front. Miss one year trying to use a fork, Miss 14 months finding out how to move her body to music, and we discovering she had rhythm. Miss 20 months on the day she woke up from a nap to find her new brother beside her, Over and over, breathing in, holding, snapping pictures, video, knowing our memories will be but shadows. Dear parents of New Zealand, we understand that parenting involves making many challenging decisions, like how to deal with fussy eating, when to move from cot to bed, and when to cut out those day naps. That's why we make Anmam Pro 3 Toddler Milk an easy option so that you can focus on the important task of bringing up your little kiwis. Anmam, you've got this. Double Strength Mama Power is a stuffed podcast made in commercial collaboration with Anmam Pro 3 Toddler Milk.